What's up, podcast listeners? We are back with a new episode of Rad Years Podcast. On time this week again, two weeks in a row. Pat on the back for us. Look at us. Look at us doing it. Doing it all. Squeeze, how have you been? I've been quite well, I think. You're a little congested. It was <coughs> kind of, you know, all that pollen and rainy, so I apologize for... Right, right. Uh, well, I, I apologize for the sound of my voice every week, but... For particular reasons this week. Well, I think it sounds lovely. Aw, shucks. Um, it was uh, it was a good week. We um, we got a lot of good feedback from our Totally Eighties podcast. What do you think <laughs> of it? I had a lot of fun doing it, and it came. I thought it came off fairly competent. <laughs> I think if that that's the nicest thing I could say. I, I that was uh, I think Mark Bernardin's. Like, I think Dig at uh, Solo, he said he was extremely competent. Oh, fuck. Is that where I got that from? Yeah. I wasn't even thinking it. Yeah. Uh, I saw Solo. I liked it. What'd you think? Uh, I just haven't had the oh, you time. Have, to... You haven't seen it yet. I'll, I'll get I'll, I'll get there. Honestly, I had a chance to go. Uh, and then I was like, I was debating if I wanted to go see Solo or see Deadpool a second time. I mean, see Solo. Uh, it's worth it. I don't listen to I, No, I will. Fanboys. It's just I was so excited leading up to it, and then I don't know what happened. I just... It's it's a good movie. That kid's good. It's all okay. right. It works as a movie. It's a, it's a little long, but it's good. I So Enchantress and I watched Blade Runner 44, 2049 the other night. Yeah? Oh, you're going to make me sad, aren't you? And no, I liked it. I was into it, but oh, okay. it was so fucking long. Hey, wait, wait. Where did you watch this? In the comfort of your own home where you can pause <laughs> it and go to the bathroom? Yeah. All right. I watched it in a big movie theater. Right. Fortunately, by myself. Why so did I they didn't have to like step on anyone's toes? Why did they even bother casting anyone but Ryan Gosling in this movie? Because the movie's just him. Absolutely. But just gorgeous, though. Oh, so gorgeous. Beautiful yeah. shot. The the Las and, Vegas scenes were the really like really rich reddish orange is so mm. beautiful it's, it's yeah and and again uh i don't know it's so strange that thinking back to those days watching wrestling that dave batista is one of my favorite actors right now <laughs> he was good in the beginning yeah yeah he, he was i was disappointed i have his little uh little figure up here i was kind of disappointed that he didn't uh there is a cool little uh they made three little, little mini uh um little short films and uh, Batista has his own, that character has his own little short film leading up to the actual movie. Did, did they make a pop of him for the movie? Yeah, I have it. Like, I guess they had to make other pops because it was Ryan Gosling's picture. It was a one-hander all the way. Yeah, pretty much. It was his movie and that was it. He was great in it. He was really good. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's on... Uh, I have it on the the D. It's taking up about two thirds of my DVR right now, <laughs> um, so I gotta watch it a couple more times before I let it go. We, we and then also, I gotta wait for like the decent Blu-ray to come out because I want you know I want all the good stuff. And this the one that they have out so far it doesn't delve deep enough. 
So I'll wait till it comes out with some big metal box set with all the fancy shit in it. Uh, we also watched Jumanji Enter the Jungle, I believe it's called. Oh, yeah? The new one. It's so fun. It's really good. Okay. The Rock is just, he's so goddamn charming. He's so good in it. Yeah. From our hometown. Uh, and um, Jack Black is just brilliant in it. He's just, br- I did not expect him to be that good. Hmm. Um, like we, we forget what a treasure Jack Black is just cause he's done a few stinkers. <laughs> it's just a strange sentence. I know he's really good. At it. Everyone's really good in it. Um, even Karen Gilliam who plays, uh, uh, Nebula and Avengers and guardians. She's in the movie too. And she's really good. They're all, they're all really good. Like it's, it's, it's really well done. And I, I hope they make a good sequel. Uh, so we got a couple nice, uh, pieces of feedback that I wanted to share with everyone. Uh, Thomas, um, oh, I won't share his name. Thomas emailed us and said he was a new listener to the podcast and he said, it's great. And he gave us a couple of freaking awesome topic suggestions that I'm not going to share cause I don't want anyone else stealing them. Um, he said, he's, uh, looking forward to, uh, what we think. And I said, they're great ideas and we're definitely going to steal them. And he said, keep up the fantastic work squeezer. Ah, oh, Thanks. Then we got a we got an email from Gordon Shumway. Oh, and from I, Melmac? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I mean, Melmac was destroyed, Ryan. I got you on that one. Oh, that's right, it was. But I mean, it could. It, I from mean, the if, past. If, if we're talking the Maniverse, like it could, Melmac in our universe could not be destroyed, right? That's true. Oh, okay. So I got you on quantum physics. So Gordon Shumway, uh, he set the mood. I'm not going to read it all, but he gave us an idea for an episode, and I like it. And I, I really, I was a little scared when I got the long email because um, you have to read, right? <laughs> uh, that was a lot to read, but it's it's a it's a great read. And um, thanks for listening, Gordon. Um, I'm, I'm your biggest fan. I've been since '86. Was it? Uh, 85 then eighties. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, yeah. Thanks for listening. And then, uh, if, if Melmac did, if, is that like earth six, one, six Melmac or. Right. That's what I'm saying. Okay. But it did explode in that one. Well, no, you're, you're talking about the one in the show that exploded. We could, that, who knows if that was our earth. Right. You don't. Okay. You don't. Is Willie our Captain Marvel? (laughs) Who knows? I'm just saying, Squeezer. I'm just saying. You don't know. Okay. Uh, I mean, ALF was a Marvel product. His comic books were, yes. Yeah. Uh, So we got, um, on our 80s, we had a little argument over uh, our friend... uh, Josh, you know, I had that said Cool Ranch, yuck, but uh, we're Cool Ranch fans till we die. Nostalgia Addict, the friend said Cool Ranch is the best. And thanks to Cool Ranch, we will be dying faster than usual. Thank goodness. Um, the Nostalgic Sheik uh, l- liked our OG Cool Ranch. And uh, Dork Knights on Instagram said Cool Ranch is his all-time favorite. Um, and he said our podcast gets him through the stressful work days and is always a warm 
A welcome warm blanket of nostalgia. You guys are true soulmates to myself and countless other listeners. Thanks for all you do. Thank you for listening. Dork Dork Knight? Dork Knight, yeah. That's an awesome name. It is. I'm Squeezer. What the fuck? Right? Wow. I'm just two letters. Dork Knight is awesome. Uh, Congratulations on that one. But yeah, so we we had some nice feedback on last week's episode and just the podcast in general. So I guess I guess we'll keep going. Yes, keep saying nice things. Yeah, it helps. It makes us feel appreciated and wanted. <laughs> uh, so let's get without further ado or any further gilding the lily. Let's move on to your first pick, Squeeze. Is there any uh, introduction or should I just roll it? I introduced the topic. Oh, right. We didn't even introduce the topic. Just play it. Yeah. I did it. Hey, it's Hasbro. Hasbro makes toys. What's new, Hasbro? Mr. and Mrs. Potato Head with their own cars and trailers. That's what's new. See, Mr. Potato Head has a car and boat trailer. And there's a car and shopping trailer for his wife, Mrs. Potato Head. It's such fun to do and so easy. Oh, look at that funny guy, Mr. Jesus Christ. Now, before we address the uh, blatant casual sexism of the 1960s commercial, Mm -hmm. uh, that jingle has been stuck in my head now for the last, like, 70... I bet. It's catchy. Yeah. Uh, So tell us about Mr. Potato. Oh, if you haven't figured it out, we're talking Hasbro toys. Hasbro, yeah. When I saw that commercial, it was just... I love old commercials where they didn't know how to make them yet. Hold on. I have my door kind of closed so I don't wake up Enchantress, but Schmuffin's kind of... Okay. Uh, I'll let her in. You talk to the people. I'll let her in. Okay. Uh, So back in 1952, uh, George Lerner gave us Mr. Potato Head, which was actually just a bunch of parts, and you actually stuck them into potatoes. And uh, people were really upset about that because it was during the war um, initially, like when he came out with this, and there was a, you know, rationing and all that happy crap. Right. Um. And, uh, but Hasbro, so he put it in, uh, cereal boxes with, he had made a deal with a company and they were basically like cereal prizes. Oh. Yeah. And then Hasbro, uh, he presented it to Hasbro or they caught wind of it and they bought out the contract from the cereal company and then paid him, uh, the rights to, uh, manufacture it as well as, I think it was a point oh five or point five percent or he got like a small little point on the back end for every product sold oh those big back end money points so even even a tenth of a point on the back end of of mr potato head you just gotta be swimming in cash oh yeah um what's their family fortune now yeah Uh, count the billions i would think if if you Kept it, and it's been. I mean, this is one of Hasbro's like first big. It's sold under PlaySchool now, right? Uh, yes, it's under the PlaySchool brand, which is still Hasbro. Right, I know, but um, Um, yeah, do you remember the first time you played with the Mr. Potato Head? Yes, uh, the particular one I had is 
Um, I had a Mr. and Mrs. Potato Head, mm-hmm. you know, the classic uh, like 80s one when they started flipping around where he had like his cool green hat. And, right. and, uh, and you stored the pieces in their butts. You stored the pieces in their butt. Um, and he came with a certain uh, piece of paraphernalia uh, that he handed over to the attorney general in 1987. Oh, he had cigs. Uh, it was a pipe. Oh, a pipe. Uh. It was a little green plastic pipe. And um, I'd like to say that that's ridiculous. Like, kids aren't going to learn or take up smoking right. because you play with that pipe. However, that pipe was chewed to bits because I would just walk around smoking Mr. Potato's pipe. <laughs> so... I, I, you're, you're a Mr. You're a potato head aficionado. Cause correct me if I'm wrong, but this isn't the first potato head franchise you've discussed on the Radiers podcast. Oh, potato head kids. Yeah. Love them. Yeah. yeah I, 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 I eat mashed potatoes pretty much two to three times a day, um, <laughs> with a baked potato oh, in between. Oh, why, why we're, why we're on the subject of potatoes. You yes. posted a picture on Instagram with potatoes and steaks and egg. Tell us your tell us the story of your meal. Break it down for us. What what was the occasion and what was the meal all about? Um, uh, the Squeezer family was out of town. Oh, so and, you had to uh, fill the void of emotions I, with food. Yeah, I I was lonely, so <laughs> the my closest friend I could find was uh, a New York strip steak that was on sale. Oh, of course. So. Old Sear meat. that guy up in the, in, a, in the pan, throw it in the oven with a little butter for a little bit. Hash browns were on the stove for a good hour because you got to slow cook those. You, you, you talk about that. What do you do to your hash browns? Like, what do you? Uh, I, I, I simmer them and I slow cook them for about 45 minutes and I drop the temp a little bit. And then I crank it back up at the end just before they're about to come up to like char them and get them nice and crispy. Okay. Yeah. And then, and then I had some eggs and a little sourdough toast and a uh, Trogue's uh, double uh, Belgium. Man, that's a meal fit for a king. I felt like shit the entire day following that. No human being is supposed to consume that much starch and beef uh, that late at night. So, okay, so a, a full New York strip steak, right? Well, yeah, I mean, how, how, it was a reasonably sized New York strip yeah. steak. How many How many eggs? Uh, I think two. Okay, a couple, two. You scramble the eggs or you fry yeah, them? Yeah, scramble them. Scramble eggs. Scrambled. Uh, any cheese with the eggs? Uh, no, no. See, when, no I have, when I have steak and eggs, and I can't really eat eggs, I become allergic to them in my old age, which is so weird. I love eggs. But I would scramble the eggs. I would I'd scramble up the eggs, and I'd, I'd, like, I'd take a strip, and I'd cut it up into pieces. And um, I'd, I'd like sear that in a frying pan mm-hmm. and start cooking the eggs, shred some like really aged Vermont white cheddar into it, and then put the steak into that and mix it all up. Not like mm-hmm. an omelet, but like a scramble. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's how I would eat steak and eggs. But there's no cheese in this meal. That's what's confusing to me. Uh, I had um, some um, that Armenian string cheese. Ah, that was off on the set. That I was eating the entire time while I was preparing the meal. Was that my? That's oh my. no, that was the next day. I sent you the picture of the Armenian cheese string cheese. Yeah, how how was that? The pasta so salad. we took some marinated Armenian string cheese, some mm-hmm. mashalali as you call it, right? Yeah, I think that's how they pronounce it. Um, I cut it up. I you know made some whole grain pasta. Um, 
cut up some salami, pepperoni, the michelele, the marinade michelele, uh, and some s- organic uh, mini sweet peppers, red, or uh, yellow, and orange. Yeah, they look good. And toss them with um, some zesty Italian and fucking amazing pasta salad. Mm. Yeah, we're talking food on the rad years. <laughs> People want to hear it, though. They want to hear Squeezer talk about... Oh, Mr. Potato Head can do that for you. Right. So, yeah, you're a potato head junkie and... I like potatoes. Yeah. Do you do you know uh, it was the first? I if anyone can find it because the commercial I found was like from the '60s, but the initial Mr. Potato Head commercial uh, ran April 30th, 1952, and it was the first toy commercial ever. Oh wow! On TV, yeah, Mr. Potato Head was number one, and it was the first time then they actually the, the first commercial aimed at kids and the first marketing campaign aimed at. Uh, Wait, kids on TV. Those Flintstone cigarette commercials were named at kids. <laughs> I mean, deliberately. Deliberately, or no? Because even uh, that, yeah, you could say right. was deliberate. Um, not so shadily. This is what happens when you don't go to English class. Uh, uh, uh the first time it wasn't on the DL, uh, aimed at kids. Because okay. I'm pretty sure they've been marketing cigarettes to kids since, like, the 1700s. <laughs> I'll buy it. Um, Schmuffin's here on my lap. Did you see, by the way, I uh, I sent that video that video I sent you that night of Schmuffin? Mm-hmm. Um, when I was listening to Rogan's podcast, I, I tweeted it to Rogan. Kevin Smith liked it. I sent the video to I was like, here's a ferocious cat for you, Rogan. Love your podcast. <laughs> Especially when that Kevin Smith's on it. So if you want to go on my Twitter, RK Film Co., You'll see little Schmuffin being so ferocious. She's she's um, nuzzling my hand and then sees the phone and has to give that some love. So it's really cute. It's adorable. She just can't not be adorable. Uh, cool. So we're ready to move on. Yeah, let's. All right, my next one I talked about a lot, but we're gonna get we're gonna dive a little deeper on it this time. So here it is. Oh yeah, check out these high new WWF figures. Unleash the power of the tornado. The sheer power of the barber. And the firepower of Sergeant Slaughter. Perfectly ridiculous. With Mr. Perfect, you can achieve perfection. Oh, because these WWF figures have the power of Hulkamania. Quickness, Coco Beware. Pounding, boards of the hammer. New WWF figures. <laughs> Perfect. New WWF figures got the power. Power, WWF. Figures sold separately. Perfect. Perfect. So we're talking the Hasbro line of WWF action figures, which like, I, so I separate my life into different like, like sections of that I could remember. I remember mm-hmm. it was like when I was like the, at my youngest, like the, the, the toy, I, the toy I played with the most was probably He-Man. Mm-hmm. And of course I had like Centurions, Chris had some GI Joes, but then like the next, like, like real action figure I remember being into was the WWF Hasbro. I remember my dad took me to Toys R Us, RIP, uh, to get my first one, and it was um, Big Boss Man, series one. So I wanted to kind of go through all the series and talk about what your favorite fig you you had these guys. Uh, a few. Okay. Well, I'll tell you which ones I had and which ones. So series one came out in 1990. Uh, on the on the blue cards, it was Hulk Hogan, um, the original, which I had, Ultimate Warrior, and the green tights, which I didn't have. 
Andre the Giant, didn't have, always wanted. Um, Demolition Axe and Smash, never had. Rick Rude, never had. Macho Man, I had with the orange tights. Akeem, never had wanted. Big Boss Man, like I said, was my first. Million Dollar Man, got to have that in the black tux. Jake the Snake, had Jake the Snake. Brutus the Barber, had Brutus the Barber. Do you have any of those? Uh, Big Boss Man. Okay. Uh, Big Boss Man, did I have... Let me see the list here. Well, let's keep going. Yeah, think about it. Uh, Series 2 had a different Hulkster with a hug. My mom said I could only have one Hulk Hogan. Uh, Ultimate Warrior in the white tights with the slam. That's the warrior I had. Honky Tonk Man with the guitar had him. Dusty Rhodes had him with the yellow polka dots. Roddy Piper had him. Jimmy Snuka had him. Macho King had Macho King. I don't know how I tricked my mom on that one. Hacksaw Jim Duggan had him. Ted DiBiase in the Green Tux did not have him. Uh, then they had, that was the first series they released with tag teams. The Bushwhackers, the Rockers, which I have now, and Demolition Smash and Crush. Yeah, I had Big Boss Man, Hogan, and uh, Brutus the Barber. And I think I eventually got Jake the Snake at like a yard sale or something like that. Because Damien was not part of the, I never had Damien. Um, I did. Uh, I also had the toy from Hasbro, the toy Damien that came in the Jake the Snake bag. It was like a rubber snake and you had a bag. It was like a cosplay toy. Of course you had that one. Of course I had that one. Series three had another fucking Hulk Hogan figure. Didn't have him. Had a purple tight warrior, which I wanted. Didn't have him. Had another Brutus, but the barber didn't have him. Had a Greg the Hammer. Didn't have him. Had Earthquake. Didn't have him. Had Typhoon. Didn't have him. Sergeant Slaughter. I did have him. Um, then it had a macho man, Randy Savage, but that looked like the macho king, uh, cause he went back. Then Mr. Perfect cook would be where Texas tornado and a different big boss man. Didn't have any of those. Then I remember it started to get into the figures where I stopped playing with them. We're talking 92. Like what seemed like as a kid for years, you had something. Um, it was only like a couple months. <laughs> <laughs> so the series four had the undertaker ricky steamboat which had like this dragon gimmick on the first breath the hitman heart and the british bulldog and then they released the nasty boys and the legion of doom i had i think my friend down the street matt had the undertaker and hitman but we didn't have any others like you got them at toy liquidators like a couple months later for cheap then series five and this is when i started like kind of get away with it but i still remember getting one of these in my easter basket uh hulkster another like the 50th thousand hulkster the macho man with his like stetson hat stetson hat and his tassels uh jim the anvil well you know post heart foundation Mm -hmm. sid justice skinner the mountie rick martell model virgil which he was the gift i got in my easter basket Oh, happy Easter, Ryan. Happy Easter, <laughs> Virgil figure. Uh, the Warlord and IRS. Um, then Series 6 in 93 had Ric Flair, Papa Shango, El Matador, Repo Man, Tatanka, and Berserker. I remember looking at these. They had these at uh, the Lenko I told you about. I remember mm-hmm. a lot of these toys, I just remember going, like the, half of toy shopping was just going and looking at the back of the cards and like picking up and looking. You never really had to buy half of these. It was going to the store and like looking at them, right? Just getting a quick fix, yeah. Right, yeah, getting a little fix. Then Series 7 had Kamala, Owen Hart, Crush, like not uh, the Kona Crusher, not the uh, the Demolition mm-hmm. Crush. 
Nails, Razor Ramon, Shawn Michaels. Then the red card series, which was Bam Bam, Yokozuna, Lex Luger as the narcissist, Mr. Perfect, another Bret Hart, and an Undertaker with his black cloak. And this one's like worth a lot of money if you have it. Uh, purple cards were series 9 and 94. Rick and Scott Steiner, Doink the Clown, which I have him. He's on the set if we ever do another YouTube show. <laughs> uh, another Tatanka, another million dollar man with no tuxedo. He's just in his tights. And then a hacksaw with his uh, tank top on and the USA flag instead of the, the two by four. And then they did a dark blue card in 94, series 10, which was Giant Gonzalez, Marty Janetti, Samu, Fatu, Bushwhackers, like singles cards, another Shawn Michaels, another Razor Ramon, and then the infamous green cards, the most expensive and sought after cards in the, in the lineup. Ludwig Borga got a fucking action figure. Yokozuna got another one. Crush got another one, but this was this purple, like, evil Kona Crusher. Mm-hmm. The one, two, three motherfucking kid. Adam Bomb, Billy Gunn, and Bart Gunn. And, and those are the most sought after? The green cards, yeah, because they didn't produce a lot of them. Okay, They're that rare. makes sense. Yeah. So um, if you like these figures like me and you're still itching for them, obviously Mattel keeps releasing. They released their Series 1 of their retro figures, which is just a rip off of the Hasbro figures. Uh, and apparently there's um, a Series 6 coming out, which has people I never heard of before. But a Series 7 is coming out next year with Jericho, Kurt Angle, Shawn Michaels, and Sheamus. But uh, there's a lot of cool ones. Um, I picked up... Uh, the Ultimate Warrior, I have The Undertaker, I have The Brock Lesnar, I have The Rock, and I have Stone Cold. I want Kane, Mankind, and Triple H, but and Ric Flair, but we'll see. And, and our good friend, you know, I don't even know what stock he has left, but uh, Zombie Sailor Toys uh, re-release Hasbro Reimagined. He put out pins of the Orange series, which are fucking awesome. I'll Instagram all my pins. I've t- you've seen them in my office. Mm-hmm. There's tons of them. And then he he's he's doing more. So he's doing he's doing um, the toy gods work over there. Zombie Sailor Toys. Check him out on Instagram. He's got great pins and he's got great toys for sale. Uh, but yeah, so I uh, will always have a soft spot in my heart for the Hasbro WWF action figures. Uh, for a while, any other action figure I got was forced to go into the ring and wrestle my my Hasbros. <laughs> I never had the ring. Oh, I did. Maybe that's why I became an ECW fan. It could be. Yeah. Nah, the kid, one of the kids up the street, he had like all of them, and I would always, I would just take my, uh, my big boss man, and oh yeah, I had uh, the White Ultimate Warrior, the Series Two one. Yeah. With the Gorilla Press Slam, which was basically just a Hogan. Uh, but, well, you call it the Ultimate Slam, and then that's okay. But yeah, I would take them up, and then. Uh, it would just be battle. You'd just throw them all in the ring and just kind of mash it together like you were playing Hungry Hungry Hippos. Yeah, oh yeah. Until you had one guy left in the middle. Oh, yeah. No, I did full scenarios. Like, I had ring entrances. I built my own, like, set that coming down. And, oh, God, I, it was a lot of pomp and circumstance. Literally. Yeah. Especially when Macho Man was coming out. Or King. Uh, moving on. Squeeze, your next pick. G.I. Joe Tomahawk. Look, Cobras attacking the off Tomahawk to the rescue. Tomahawk holds eight Joes and it's loaded for battle. Yo, Joe! 
Tomahawk's gonna chase some cobra. Tomahawk is on the go. Tomahawk's gonna chase some cobra and rescue G.I. Joe. G.I. Joe. Live the adventure of G.I. Joe. G.I. Joe Tomahawk. Other Joe and Cobra figures sold separately. Yeah, Joe! I don't know what, what the best jingle you had so far is today. I, like I, I have that one on vinyl. <laughs> Yeah, I hope um, 180 gram I, uh, and some sort of color variant. <laughs> that's that's us vinyl collectors talking snobby. Yeah, uh, I don't know what the hell you're talking about now. Well, when I look for vinyl, like I look for like if you're gonna get by black, you want to get 180 gram. But if if you're okay. not, you want a color variant. Those are the those are the money vinyl. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyway, uh, what the fuck is this? The tomahawk is. The greatest vehicle ever produced for any toy ever that doesn't shoot pizzas. Why? Because this thing's fucking awesome. All right, so first of all, it's enormous. Uh, when you take into account the the blades, it's almost three feet long. It can seat up to eight guys. Which oh, is this is um, a cargo bob type helicopter. Uh, yeah, it, it's uh, kind of like a mix between, um, like a Nighthawk and a Chinook, but with like some Blackhawk elements mixed in because it's like kind of one of like a Chinook just smushed down. I mean, I'm only talking from Grand Theft Auto Five. Sure. But so, I'm talking, who, who yeah. was the action figure it came with here? A uh, lift ticket. Ah. Uh, who was one of my uh, one of my favorite uh, guys I had too, just because I loved his they they. <clears throat> his uh, nickname around the G.I. Joe community is Football Head because his helmet resembles like a, a football. Uh, but like the detail in him is just awesome. And he came with the absolute coolest accessory ever. And that is? A microphone. <laughs> He's ready to podcast. Yeah. Now he came, it was kind of unique that his he came with a mic that you can actually uh, like plug into his uh, helmet so he had a little like mic sticking out rather than maybe just like drawing it on like you would or mold it on right um so yeah it came with lift ticket and excuse me like i said i apologize for my voice ladies and gentlemen um you can have up to a co-pilot and then there is seating for five so the commercial lied to it can only have uh seven gi joes but plenty more on board because you could, what cool about it too is you could take the seats out. Okay. So you could have it like as like a cargo chopper and put like a small vehicle in or something like that. And uh, the back door uh, could drop down. So you had like a hatch in the back. Right. It had a winch on the bottom. Okay. It had um, umpteen missiles. I'll use a technical term there. Just missiles and bombs all over this thing. Sure. Uh, like this cool uh, Gatling gun underneath. Uh, the pilot seat there and then two machine guns in the belly too. So you could have your guys riding shotgun, uh, shooting from the, uh, from the side too. So it wasn't just a transport. I mean, this thing was just a gunship and it wreaked havoc on Cobra, uh, you know, every day in the living room as it should. Uh, some of the, one of the coolest things about it too is if you want to just, you know, slow your play down a little bit and like, all right, this thing was just in a firefight. Let's do some maintenance. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, the, the engine compartments, uh, just above the front or below the front rotors, um, those could come off and okay. 
Same with the front uh, cover over the uh, jet intakes. That comes off as well as parts on the side uh, of the tail. All right. So, like, you could take all that off, and there's really awesome detailed, like, like engine work Oh, I bet little squeeze love that. Oh, it was awesome. So then, yeah, you could just have guys do maintenance on it uh, for, like, hours on end. It was fantastic. Uh, why not? Yeah, so this came out in 86. This is part of season, uh, Series 5. Uh, same with and Lift Ticket. It was all original stuff. Um and it wasn't even wasn't reused at all in any of the other series until, um, and I didn't even notice because I hadn't paid much attention to it. In uh, 2013, when uh, the move one of the newer movies came out, I think it was the Cobra one. Mm-hmm. Um, they released the Eagle Hawk, ah. which is kind of a spinoff of this. And usually, you know, you immediately poo-poo. Oh, they're just releasing a crappier version. They just ripped off. It's a pretty damn good homage. It looks okay. pretty cool. All right. They did a real, I'll give them credit. They did a pretty good job. The only downside I see with it is um, the, what's cool with the glass cockpit, it actually has glass bottoms too. So you could, like, your guys can look down, or when you eventually lose those parts, they can fall out. Mm-hmm. But also, the seats came out. In the new one, the seats don't come out. So you can't, like, put vehicles and stuff in there like, uh, like you used to. Um, uh, Trivia, little piece of trivia. Uh, lift ticket's real name, Victor Sikorsky. Ah, Victor, ah, Victor Sikorsky. Sikorsky, maybe it, perhaps in honor of Igor Sikorsky, the first man to invent the first mass-produced helicopter <sighs> and founding Sikorsky Aeronautics. Deep cuts from Squeezer today. Wow. This was... My absolute – so I knew I had to do G.I. Joe for the Hasbro show, and I was going to – I don't know if I was going to go vague or just pick a couple, but this was my all-time fair. I, you know it. I was a spoiled little brat, and I had <laughs> I had them all. Sure. But this this one little piece was my all-time fair, and I love this damn helicopter. It was, it was the workhorse of the play G.I. Joe, just as it was uh, the fictitious animated – Pencil G.I. Joe. Right on. Good pick, Squeeze. My Little Fucking Pony. My, I lived in a household, Squeezer, with about four billion and ten of these. I, had a, <laughs> I have a little sister who's four years younger than me. She's born, I was born in 82, she's born in 86. These motherfucking things came out and I think 82 was the start as uh, a successor to My Pretty Pony toys. Uh, which didn't sell well at all. So they started selling these little or small versions of them with colorful, like different colors called mm-hmm. My Little Pony. And they just like really blew up. Uh, and my sister had them all, I think. Uh, that, you know, um, even like the, 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 the wing ponies, the unicorn ponies, the flutter ponies, the sea ponies, uh, she had them all. And she, every night when she took a bath, 
she had to take every single fucking My Little Pony in the bath with her. <laughs> uh, it was a, it was a big pain in the ass, but I just remember these, and, and they were like huge. You love them like action figures. There was flocked ones, uh, so soft ponies, like twinkle eyed ones. There was like a like a thousand gimmicks, like a, a brush and grow pony, which had longer than usual mane and tail. It was stored in the in, in the body, so as you brushed it, like it would grow out. Oh, I remember the commercials for that. Yeah. Uh, there was baby versions and different ones for different years, almost like Beanie Babies. And then they had the mail order in ones. All the packages came with horseshoe points. And if you collect enough of these, special different ponies were available via mail order, which was like a huge thing back when we were kids. You can't mm-hmm. discount like sending something away, waiting the entire summer and getting it right before, before school starts. <laughs> um, so... These were huge in the in the eighties and like early nineties. Uh, they had like a television show. They had a bunch of like direct to tape videos. Were probably just like mashups of the show. And um, my sister made us watch all of them. <laughs> uh, did, did they all huddle around together to watch My Little Pony? Who's that? They. Uh, your sister and the ponies. Themselves. Oh, oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, we had Disney Channel, and in ninety two. Like ten years after, um, they were uh, uh, My Little Ponytails debuted, and it was basically the same ponies. It wasn't like what what it is now. Uh, but My Little Ponies, fucking goddamn huge, uh, with Brony Bronies and Brony Con and whatnot, which is still Hasbro, mm-hmm. but. But uh, My Little Pony back in the day, my sister was obsessed with, and it's and and I wanted to talk about toys that um. We often, you know, we often are very uh, uh, male poo-poo. heavy here. But oh, we that I thought you would say like we would poo poo them. No, not just that. It's it's that we we don't even give like we don't need, we try. I mean, I, we try to, but we don't. We Sometimes try. we overlook the, the and we have a lot of female listeners. Well, I think so, uh, according to some analytics. But um, and not saying that. My sister played with my Hasbro WWF figures, and I might have played with My Little Ponies every year now and then. Well, yeah. I mean, they're just about the right size for a Ninja Turtle to ride. Right, and they're fun to comb their hair. Uh, and, and some of them you. smelled really good. Thank you. Yes. Comb their there's, manes. There, there's something soothing yes. about smelling that artificial Chinese scent yeah. uh, while, while combing a miniature horse's mane. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. It's... Yeah. They're now referred to as like bronies and everyone as G one, uh, generation one ponies. So oh, don't don't start using the, the transformer nomenclature. Oh, they use the same. The G one stuff, yeah, it gets complicated. Well, it's Hasbro, so yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, did you yeah, did your sister I, have I My Little that's... Pony? Oh yeah, tons of them. Your sister and Lisa are the same age, right? Uh, roughly, yeah. yeah. I think my sister's a little bit older. Okay. Um. Not by, I mean, about the same age. Yeah, yeah they're, uh, I think that's what's wrong with the world. We need more My Little Ponies. Everyone should have one. Like, when you get cut off, like I did multiple times today within three quarters of a mile. You just sit in your car and just, you... You just pull off the side of the road, pull out your My Little Pony, and just start combing its hair. And smelling it? Smell it, yeah. Yeah, all right. I'll get behind that. I'll get behind that. Uh... But in the meantime, you know, here we are. 
And uh, th- speaking of smelling like the fake plastic smells, your next pick was like known for them. And they weren't originally Hasbro either, so I'm interested to see where you're going with this. Pretty gripping curls, got a new kind of hair. It's easy to curl or braid everywhere. You don't need heat for these hot looks. It's easy. Only pretty gripping curl can do it. Pretty gripping curl. Let's get styling, girl. What's happening in the Cabbage Patch? Teeny tiny preemies, the littlest Cabbage Patch kids of all. Aw, she's adorable. You're extra small. What the fuck was that first part? Oh, the, there was two. Hasbro is where they took off with a lot of the uh, gimmicks. Ah, okay. With the Cabbage Patch Kids. Right, right. And uh, rather offensive ones at that. <laughs> um, my apologies to anyone that uh, had a child with medical difficulties early on. I mean, maybe not the best name for a doll. What what was it? The preemies. Oh, really? Yeah. That was that whole uh. second part was, hey, look how cute this really tiny one is. <laughs> I want to take it home with me. Yikes. Um, so Coleco uh, initially had Cabbage Patch Kids. Right. Uh, and they made some poor business decisions throughout the 80s and relied on uh, uh, the tech... Uh, video game and computer game. We we know what happened with Coleco. Yes. Um, and at the time though, they were raking in two billion dollars a year, um, with Cabbage Patch Kids. I mean, they were monster hits. And in at the same time, they were raking in billions of dollars. They were losing so much money from their tech uh, blunders that they filed for Chapter Eleven. And Hasbro swooped in to be the heroes that they are and uh, save Cabbage Patch Kids for us all. Uh, and, yeah, that's when – so they initially, before that, they had some, like, talking ones. And uh, the talking ones were, the, like, the big thing. But Hasbro, when they came along, that's when they started releasing a lot of the gimmick Cabbage Patch Kids. So you had the one with, like, the weird crimpy hair. Uh, you had the preemies. Ugh. And then they also had the um, the skin cancer ones where, like, you would take your – it would basically give you kids reason just go lay out in the sun because your Cabbage Patch Kids can suntan. Oh. Yeah, and when you, like, peel off their little swimsuit or move it, like, you could see where they tanned or it would be tan lines. Oh, that's dangerous. Yeah. Um, see the cancer. But, feel the cancer. Yeah. And then they also had, like, all the holiday editions, and this is where it really took off. Uh, Mattel, though, I, if I could just jump ahead a little bit, eventually sure. Mattel uh, bought out the rights to uh, Cadge Patch Kids. They've been bou- they bounced around all over the place. Mattel owns the rights to the most awesome Cabbage Patch Kid of all, which was the one that ate French fries. Oh, did it poop? Remember that one? It had the um, metal rollers in its mouth, and it would eat little fake French fries. Oh, yeah. But then you would also get its hair or another child's hair in it, and there was no coming back from that. No, you were, you were doomed. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, but I mean, this was, so Mattel had it from 88 to 94. Uh, so that's when I, I know my sister is the one in particular that she had, um, she had a, a ha- Mattel or Hasbro. Hasbro? Yeah, Hasbro. Hasbro. She had a Hasbro uh, Cabbage Patch Kid. Uh, I personally didn't get this. You're right. There is something about their odor. And the, the clothing on these things is quite nostalgic. Uh, when they got very early 90s, like real, like all the checker pattern, mm-hmm. uh, black and white checker pattern was all over these things. Um and you could still, uh, to this day, I mean, they, they still are selling, like, really pricey ones for, like, the original, like, handcrafted ones that you could still get. Right. There's a whole system in place because you don't actually buy a Cabbage Patch kit. I don't know if you know that. You adopt them. All right. I found the, the French fry one. Yeah. You adopt them. You, you get feed. the adaption. Yeah. That was, like, half the fun of it. Yeah. Um. I did not know this. So if you look um, into the history of Cabbage Patch Kids, do you know it was kind of shady? What do you mean? Like, so Xavier Roberts, you know how his name is like stenciled on every one of these things? Yes. Um, <laughs> I guess there was a lawsuit. And then Vice also did a piece on this a while back. And so they do their best to control the Cabbage Patch Kid image. Yeah. But there's only so far that they can go. So every now and then... You just see lines thrown in, like if you go on just the Wikipedia page or something like that, you have some information. And then the idea was stolen from a North American folk artist by the name of Martha Nelson Thomas and then nothing else. And then again, down the line, the idea was stolen and they just drop it in. And I guess there was a lawsuit that was settled. Okay. Uh, so there has to be some, perhaps some weight to it. Um but yeah, th- there's a bit of a grayness to the, the history of Cabbage Patch Kids and where they came from. Um, there's a video on YouTube, number one most dangerous toy doll attacks, and it's one of those French braiding ones <laughs> eating, a, eating a wig. It's hysterical. I got so excited. I forgot all about that. I'm like, I wrote it down in my uh, uh, you know, list for things later when we do, a, I don't know, maybe do a most dangerous toys or... Oh, something like that. Oh, okay. yeah. yeah, yeah, that's not yeah. a bad idea. Teaser for future show, Teaser. perhaps. Right. Um, that's pretty cool. Yeah, Cabbage Patch dolls. I forgot they were at Hasbro for a minute. Uh, they were. They want Mattel. I remember uh, when the Mattel got them. They were McDonald's Happy Meal toys. Because Mattel had that license, but nonetheless, uh, my next one. Um, it's a, it, it wasn't always with Hasbro, so it's kind of a similar situation. So here we go. Help! Stop! Stop, evildoers! Introducing Super Stretching Superhero Stretch Armstrong. Yes, Stretch Armstrong. Now stretching fun farther than ever before. He bends, he stretches, even ties and knots, but always returns to his original shape. How's he do that? He's been doing that since he was a kid. Stretch Armstrong from Cap Toys. Who else? Who else, Squeezer? Uh, so, okay, let me explain why it says Cap Toys, obviously. Hasbro now owns Stretch Armstrong, 
And um, I, tr- I tried to find out the deal behind Cap Toys, but I couldn't. There's just not enough stuff on the internet about them. But Kenner invented Stretch Armstrong in 1974. At some point... Do I have you up? Yeah, I'm here. Oh, okay. At some point, uh, it went to uh, Cap Toys, but it's now it's with Hasbro. Uh, but in the early 90s, that's when it, they became huge again with Cap Toys. Remember when they re-released Stretch Armstrong and he had like the workout suit on, the tank top mm-hmm. and the little shorts, and he had that stupid grin on his face? So the stretching guys filled with gelled corn syrup has has been like a latex filled with gelled corn syrup has been a thing since like the 70s. Like all those Mego, like stretchy Batman and Hulk and Serpent, mm-hmm. they were stretchy... Um, I know LJN did stretchy wrestlers. So, I mean, that was like a huge fucking thing. And then it just died off. It wasn't a thing anymore. And then 1990, Cap Toys released the Stretch Armstrong, and they were huge. Everyone wanted Stretch Armstrong, as long as it didn't leak that gelled corn syrup in your house. In 94, Walt Disney Studios obtained the rights to make a movie based on the character. Uh, There's tons of scripts. This thing was in like turnaround hell. And um, they actually cast Tim Allen in the role of Stretch Armstrong. <laughs> uh, it never got off the I ground. I see it. I see it. Yeah, absolutely. It never got off the ground, clearly. Um, but uh, Disney scrapped the rights and uh, Hasbro now retains them. So you never know when we could see uh, – uh, Stretch Armstrong movie now that has. Do you, has you think they still bring in Tim Allen for it, like a, a an aged hero coming back from the past? They should. Uh, or is, is that too much of a stretch? <laughs> Look at you. Hang on, I'm gonna go hit my head against the wall for that one. Sure, you you deserve it. Yeah. So, uh, Cap Toys introduced Fetch Armstrong, his dog. Remember that? Oh, I do. He was adorable. He was adorable. And then they. That was about all they can get out of the line. I think there might have been an, even a female. But then they took it one step further and released Stretch Armstrong's nemesis. Stop, evildoers! Stretch Armstrong, I will destroy you! Introducing Batman, Stretch Armstrong's arch enemy. Use the super-sucking back bump to turn him into a mutating monster. Then stretch him to villainous proportions! He stays that way until you press his cybernetic button. But will this be the end of Stretch Armstrong? Stay tuned. Oh. Batman Stretch Armstrong's arch enemy from Cap Toys. Who else? <laughs> so, do you remember Batman? I got another. I do. I have a really embarrassing story to tell about Batman. So, Batman was created with much fanfare. Uh, he was this red demon guy that was said to be the nemesis of Stretch Armstrong. And he was filled with um, like little uh, like ground up like pieces in, in him. And, and, and he wouldn't stretch until you stuck this air pump into his head and sucked all the air out of it. And then it could be stretched. Uh, but unlike old Stretch Armstrong, he'd basically return, retain that shape until you press the button and all the air was let back in and he'd go back to normal. Mm-hmm. So uh, when I was probably way too old to be into this, I, I told the story of me leaving Catholic school. Me, it, was a mutual, it was a mutual leave, a mutual divorce, me and Catholic school squeezer. 
I wanted out. They wanted me out. I didn't know you could get divorced. <laughs> yeah, true. Uh, so I went to, I, I left at Christmas break Catholic school. And after Christmas, I would be starting my new uh, long road to creating friends at, at public school. Meanwhile, for Christmas that year, my mom bought me a vac man because I wanted one. <laughs> I was 12. Uh, way too old to probably be playing with vac but it looks so fucking cool. I want no. one now. I want one now. Um, so being an idiot, uh, I was playing with the mm-hmm. Batman pump and I was laying in bed and just like playing with it and I stuck it and don't get your mind in the gutter here. I was like sticking it, in my, stick it under my cheek, the side of my cheek and like, like, like pumping it up and like pulling it back, oh, you know, like, oh, oh, no. and like snapping it back. And I thought it, nothing was fine by this. <laughs> So the next day, I have a perfectly circular black and blue bruise on my cheek. And the next day, I start public school. So You went to school with a self-made I, I, hickey. It, it was worse than a hickey. It was pure black and blue. It was a full-on bruise. But yes, a self-made hickey on my cheek. And it's so perfectly round. What can you explain it? Like, how can you explain this? So I didn't know what to do. I walked to the bus and they're asking me about it and they're asking if it's a birthmark. And I'm like, no, I fell. (laughs) (laughs) It hit myself. And then then I think I started saying, I was like, I got the vacuum stuck to my face. Yeah. So apparently it wasn't just me because they later had to start packing a vac man with a warning telling kids not to do this. You're the one. I'm the one. You're the hot coffee lady. (laughs) Right. I get my, but I didn't sue. We didn't sue or anything. We should have. I get my head stuck in the door at Clover. I get the fucking. I I don't. I'm pretty sure the judge throws that out. <laughs> uh, what's your case? Well, our son stuck a vacuum hose to his whoa, face. Whoa, I don't want to hear. Before I even say face, she'll be like, whoa, I don't want to hear this. <laughs> his face. He's an idiot. He's not a pervert yet. And, uh, you know, he made this bruise. <laughs> yeah. And you want money for this. Yes. We didn't. My parents just lived with the embarrassment of being my. Having me as their son, and we we soldiered on. Uh, but then they released the Vac Pack, which were like the mini like goons of Vac Man. Remember them? Uh, I. They were, were they smaller. like different colors? Yeah, or? yeah, they were like green, yellow, and whatnot. Okay. We sold them at KB. I remember when I was there. But yeah, they they had a big life. Um, but now, uh, uh apparently they re-released the original looking Stretch Armstrong and Vac Man, and I want to rebuy Vac Man. And I promise I won't give myself another. Uh, cheek hickey, but I'm gonna try and get myself a vac man. Um, so yeah, that's my that's my very embarrassing story for this podcast. I, I had to give y'all y'all one, right? Squeezer, you're adorable. Thank you. Uh, all right, here's your next manly un unembarrassing pick. Autobots, this is our new city, Metroplex. It can transform into a battle station and then transform again into the gigantic Metroplex himself. But the Combaticons can combine to form Brutus. Decepticons are packed. Transform Metroplex. The Transformers. The Transformers from Hasbro. Man, they packed a lot into one commercial. Yeah. That was Um, exhausting. Yeah, I I think the commercials are even better in the show. (laughs) Um... 
So I had to narrow down Transformers as well. I mean, it's a big sweeping. Yeah, right. Uh, and still going well, on. I mean, still. Um, so I went with Combiners. Okay, what were they? Do you I, I was. I didn't play with Transformers really. Okay. Oh, so uh, Combiners were you could take a number of Transformers and put them together to make one bigger Transformer. Oh, like Voltron. Like Voltron, sure. Um, uh, Devastator was the first of them. You know, the Constructicons. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, um, Devastator, he's in the movie, isn't he? Yes, yes, yeah. he's an integral part of the movie yeah. and, and the series. Yeah, yeah. and just uh, Transformers lore. Uh, they serve quite a role. Um, and, yeah, that was, you know, Bone Crusher, Scrapper, Scavenger, Hook, Long Haul, and Mix Master. And you put all them together and they make one big... Megazord? They, you know, they're their vehicle. Yes, a Megazord. Uh, they're their vehicle. Then they can go to uh, their robot mode, but then you put them all together and you got a much bigger, uh, you know, Devastator figure. I didn't, I didn't have a uh, Devastator. In fact, I know the cool... The, the kid up the street that had... Um, uh, Castle Grayskull had Devastator. I had Bruticus. Okay. Which was a, uh, which was all the Combaticons uh, put together. Now, I shouldn't say I had Bruticus. I had most of Bruticus. Um, I'm pretty sure I was short Swindle, uh, which was a Jeep. And uh, Who needs a Jeep it's kind anyway? of embarrassing when your giant robot is missing a foot. Um <laughs> So, yeah, this was a a military craft-themed one. So, Bruticus was made up of um, Blastoff, Brawl, which was a tank. He was one of my favorites. It was just a real simple little tank. Okay. Um, Swindle, Vortex, and uh, Onslaught was, like, the... You had one, in this case, that was, like, the core body. Right. And he was, like, a a tractor-trailer that could launch a missile off his back. Oh, cool. And... uh, they wouldn't so they were awesome because they were big right problem is they weren't as mobile as maybe some other transformers because you know you're a little bit limited to you know joints and stuff okay so um they were cool to have like right next to you know the other transformers because they were you know finally had something bigger that you know someone that could fight optimus prime of course right um and then yeah so like yeah, Bruticus, he had, like, then the missiles and stuff in the hands, they were on the trailer, and then you would add those in. And what was cool about Bruticus was he was what um, they called the Scramble City Combiners, mm-hmm. which was um, part of, it was supposed to launch, you know, a Diaclone, which used to, it was the Japanese version where they got a lot of the ideas for Transformers. They took Diaclone in Japan and made them Transformers. Right. Uh, Scramble City is this big deal that they launched in Japan for uh, a lot of these combiner ones. It was a much bigger deal over there. Here they just kind of filtered them into the market. And that's why I didn't have a complete Bruticus because in Japan you can go and buy a Bruticus with all five in the pack. Right. Over here... You had to buy them one at a time, and at this time, so th- this came out in '86, uh, and I, uh, I don't know if, I mean, it's not like I could pay enough attention at that point to be like, 
hey, I need all of these, Mom, if you're going to invest in this fine figurine for me. Uh, and she's not going to, oh, he has, he, he has four. He doesn't need five Transformers. So because of that, I didn't have a, I didn't have a leg. But yeah, they uh, they only sold them individually in the U.S. They didn't sell them uh, in com- like a combination that you can buy like one uh, one big combined Bruticus. Right. Poor Bruticus in the series though is just grossly incompetent. As awesome as he might have looked, you would think for something that was made up of tanks and helicopters and and jets that uh, he would you know pose some kind of threat sure and yeah it never happened he was every every episode where he became bruticus they would get destroyed and then sent off with starscream onto a meteor to be banished forever so yeah um you didn't have you weren't into any transformers were you building shit squeezer come on that's not my forte not really building shit you're Really, like the amount of time it took to go from one to the other. I love the cartoon. I love the movie. I was really into that, um, but I never. You, you, because they couldn't transform like that in real life. Yeah, it's just not my thing. You know, uh, the 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 joys of a child making that noise and kind of like throwing them up in the air as they're transforming to try to make it look that way. They were also expensive, from what I remember, right? They were. Yeah. They were definitely a, a, a little pricey and more so now than ever. So we've learned. Holy shit. Yeah, now they're, yeah. So, yeah, yeah, that's my parents would avoid getting me them because they're expensive. They could get my brother a G.I. Joe for $3 mm-hmm. and, and me a WWF guy for $4. Like, why would they get us a $12 Transformer, you know? Yeah. I didn't have a lot of Transformers. Um but the and the but the ones I had I think were uh, what's nice about what's with these um, like with the Combaticons they were some of the smaller Transformers so you could get more Transformers I don't want to say bang for your buck because you're not having it they're not as complex right uh, some of them almost transform are so much like the uh, McDonald's uh, you know knockoffs. Like they almost the McDonald's Happy Meal toys transformed just as much as some of these guys. Right. Um, but they're still super fun. Cool. Uh, you ready to hear about my next weird one? I am. All right, here we go. And um, this is another one for all y'all, not just ladies, but I, di- I didn't want to leave. I didn't. I want. This is a very inclusionary podcast, if that's a word. Do you remember these? I forgot all about these things, but I remember now I do. Yeah, my sister had a few of these, but not many. They're basically like uh, My Little Ponies as like humans. Yeah. 
uh, they, they came with like the, the long hair and the pick and they came with like little records that you could play, which I always played with like little, like small albums that played like a little thing. Okay. Um, that's what I remember. They had a show on, uh, from, produced by Deke, uh, basically, of course. basically how it was to sell toys. It was the 80s, 1986, they launched a My Little Pony and Friends lineup. So the My Little Pony uh, episode was the first 15 minutes, and then the second half was a 15-minute that rotated amongst Potato Head Kids, uh, the Glow Friends from the Glow Worms. Oh, yeah. Right, and uh, um, Moon Dreamers. So uh, they were all Hasbro toys, <laughs> and they would all. it was basically a half hour to promote as many Hasbro toys as they could. Anchored by My Little Pony. Exactly. Uh, the Moon Dreamers are a group of celestial people who create and deliver pleasant dreams to Earth children. Ah, right. There was, uh, I think, twenty or so episodes done, um, which is all they needed back then. They just repeat them. We we're too stupid. They realize it. Yeah. Um, it apparently didn't really take on. Uh, it was uh, apparently Io Nine characterized it as a cartoon about the coolness and friendship created by a marketing committee of old white men who never experienced either of them before. (laughs) (laughs) So it didn't really catch on, but it was a fun little lineup and the dolls look kind of cool and freaky, especially like the evil villain who is called um, the Queen Scowling. She looks freaky, man. I'm looking at her. I'm trying to figure out if like, I don't think my sister had that, but it just looks so familiar. Right. It does look familiar, doesn't it? Like, is that a sculpt? It's Hasbro, so could that be a sculpt from something else? Or Yeah, you know what it looks like? It, de- it definitely looks like something else. They're, they definitely reused it. Evil Scowling. Oh. But, uh, yeah, these were, um, these were a little popular in the 80s. At least had a few, but it... Um, it's like a prequel to Jim and the Holograms. Jeez, Muffin. Did you hear that? My goodness. Yeah. I stopped petting her for three seconds. Uh, so, yeah, this was a fun little, like, uh, Hasbro toy line that was marketed towards girls. But, you know, if, if I, I'm not going to judge if, if I played or you played with them, Squeezer. I probably did. Yeah, I know. We all probably I did. I would play with anything. They had, they had these really cool, like, critters. Uh, like one, I remember my sister had one called Shiner, the sleep creep. He, uh, it was like a little like ball with a propeller on his head and he came with like a, a megaphone and he glue in the dark. Um, I thought it was pretty cool, but of course they released like gold, like gold remember golden books. They also released crayons that were mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. marketed with like various companies and plastic boxes. There was moon dreamers, crayons, party favors, like books by Golden, paper dolls were huge. There was lunch boxes. They they had the full gamut, which most of these did. Um, the paint with water books, remember them? It's a sheet of paper and you got your paintbrush wet and you rubbed it on the ink at the bottom. There was like a palette in the bottom. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. There was paint, there's paint with water books. There's pop-up books. All sorts of cool little things so they really had a big line even though you really might not have heard of it but you probably remember it when i brought it up so i just wanted to bring that on to all y'all's minds 
Uh, Squeezer, your next pick. I never heard of it before, especially not from listening to this podcast before. If we're going to stop the crooks, us cops got to know who they are. That's the rock crusher. No jail can hold them. And here's Berserko, a dangerous street punk. Meanwhile, at the crooks' hideout. Look out for long arms. He's a tough street cop. Sergeant Mace, the SWAT team leader. And Bulletproof's a federal agent. Give up, you crooks. You're surrounded by the cops. Cops and crooks sold separately with cash. I was, oh, I was hoping you were going to play Brave Star. I, I, I would say thank God Hasbro didn't make Landstalker, but this is coming from the guy who's two, two of my picks, my first one and my next one, I've talked about on like 70 of the 75 episodes we've done so far. I've never given true uh, justice uh, to uh, the cops figures. All right. I believe I well, talked we, about... We uh, talked about in the round table with... Oh, I the, had that. We talked Josh. about the cartoon and then the, no, brought you, him up briefly in the round table. I thought you picked him as your toy in the round table. Didn't you? I I picked him on my, as my toy, but I'm pretty sure I talked about the cartoon when we did the Saturday morning cartoon show. Well, you did, but in the round table, you talked about the toy. But you yes. we were going quick, so you didn't really yeah. give it squeezer justice. Yeah, it's not squeezer justice. No. Um, so first thing I want to point out is... Uh, in the commercial, they talk about the SWAT team leader, Mace. Okay. Uh, while the entire time they're showing Barricade. So. Ah, oh, they fucked up the commercial. They, way to go, production guys. Yeah. So, cops lasted a whole uh, year. Um, 88 to 89. Uh, the, most of all the figures came out in uh, 88. Uh, there were a ton of... Everyone was different. That's what was so cool about this. So Barricade, he's the guy that's, if you're looking at him, wearing like riot armor. Mm-hmm. And he has this cool um, ram that's supposed to be a non-lethal uh, ram. But of course, it fires a cap. Uh, all They all fire caps. Everyone comes with uh, a gun with a, uh, a metal plunger on it, uh, like a release. And they all fire the paper caps. So you get that wonderful sulfur smell in your home ah, when playing that. with these guys. So which one are we talking about now? I'm looking at all of them. All right. So uh, Barricade is the guy with the uh, dark blue suit with the shield, white helmet, yellow okay. mask, yep, gas mask. That's Barricade. They refer to him in a commercial as Mace, uh, which Mace is uh, the guy wearing the blue baseball cap with like the orange like shoulder pad. And he has a, the Mazuka. Okay, yeah, I see that. He's, yeah. he's badass. He was, pro- he was probably my favorite out of all of them. He was pretty awesome. Uh, I like and Bulletproof. Then, he looks badass. Uh, Bulletproof? Yeah. Yeah, he was awesome. He's the leader of them. Oh, okay. You know? Yeah. Uh, I did not have Bulletproof. I didn't have Bulletproof. Uh, I didn't have Highway or Sundown. Uh, but I did have a long arm, which is awesome, because he had a cool uh, like grappling hook uh uh, handcuff. Okay. That was his gimmick. And then uh, Bowser and Blitz were just awesome because anytime uh, your action figure also comes with a robot dog with a police light on its back. Uh, yeah, oh, it's look awesome. at that. He's got that big trainer's glove on him. Yeah. Yeah, he was awesome. And He's got just that like red all our favorite 80s like action figures, a sweet-ass mustache. Yeah. Yeah, that was the cop look back in the day. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you had your bad guys. You had Big Boss. Uh, I did not have Big Boss. Um, 
who you could argue is uh, if Marvel wanted to, they could probably go after Big Boss. Because it's pretty much Kingpin. He is, yeah. Uh, and then you had Berserko, uh, Buttons McBoom Boom, who had the like guns that would like pop out of his chest. Uh, the bad guys I had, so I had Rock Crusher, uh, and he had like a cool jackhammer. Again, the uh, the point of the 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 bit of the jackhammer was actually the trigger for the cap gun. Oh. Uh, yeah, and then Dr. Bad Vibes, which was a really cool-looking figure because he had this dome, glass dome on his head, and you can actually see his brain. Right. It's uh, really cool, really detailed figure, and he came out with this cool robot. Um, and then the second series ones, they uh, they started adding some characters that you didn't really uh, care so much about. Uh, I had a couple of the bad guys, like Cuckoo and Nightmare and Hyena. See, they didn't... Eh, they weren't as good as the first series. What was awesome with these, and again, I mean... I like Buttons McBoom Boom. Uh, Buttons McBoom Boom was pretty cool. I liked him in the show, but I didn't... He I did has, not have his figure. He has a gun that pops out of his chest? Uh, yeah, in the, if, if you're watching the, in the opening sequence of the, of the series, he tries to kill a butterfly with double-bound machine guns in his chest. Uh, I look. Um, I'm looking at the picture of it. It's marked down to a dollar forty-eight at Toys R Us. The picture. Yes. It. Yeah. Some. That's. That's. I remember. That's how I got these. I got them en masse one year at Christmas, I believe, and it was like, a, "Hey, we spent ten bucks at Toys R Us. Here's the entire toy line." Right. Um, what they did. Uh, what was really awesome about these figures, uh, in my opinion, and I'm sure in hindsight, some like toy aficionado is gonna poo-poo these. I love some of the vehicles that came with the, with the figures. All right. Um, so I you had Iron Sides, which uh, again, if you watch the opening sequence, you'll see everything. It, it was so brilliantly done that they sold every toy in, in the, the first, first like forty seconds of the show. The smartest ones always do. Yeah. So uh, Iron Sides is the armored police like tank, uh, and it's got that, the turret uh, gun on the top. Yeah. Okay. Uh, that that thing was really fun. That came with Hardtop, who's one of the actual figures. I'm uh, one of the actual characters in the show. Uh, uh, the Roadster was like a little uh, green dragster with this really pretty heavy duty machine gun on the back, and that uh-huh. was a double barrel. Uh, it can actually fire two caps at the same time, and that came with Turbo Two Tone. That was one of my favorite bad guy figures too. He was pretty cool looking, and then uh, there was I had the Cop Cycle. Uh, which was just a basic motorcycle. And that came with Blue Streak, which I don't know who the hell he is. Um, that's when I think they just started adding, making up figures to go with vehicles. It's been a while since I watched the series, but I don't remember Blue Streak. And then the Feast of Resistance, Air Raid, the police helicopter with Bullseye. Okay. And if you thought, well, I want a police light on my helicopter. It, the helicopter a, is the police it, light. Yeah. It is a police light. It's awesome. So yeah. it, it's uh, two cockpits, one on each side where your pilot would lay in and a co-pilot. Right. And one is blue and one is red. Right. And it did have it did have a light on the bottom. Um, but also you could feed caps in through the rotor. And as you spun it, it would uh, pop the caps. Well, that's pretty uh, rad. Yeah. 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 Uh, that helicopter is pretty awesome. It was heavy too, from what I remember. It was pretty heavy. Uh, I remember the plastic aging. Even you know, like you know how you look back, you find something old, and oh, 
Your All microphone right. falls off. Yes. Um, uh, like I remember even back then, like the plastic starting to age, even then as I was playing with it, like it was yellowing. Um, yeah, I could all the pictures are yellowing already. I'm looking at, um, but what was cool is, uh, it was made by Hasbro, of course. So, you know, same makers of GI Joe. So of Sorry course they had text, uh, by the way, uh, it's, it's our friend, Jake, we're, we're dealing with work stuff. He's got to meet me in the morning and, uh, the texts are coming through on my Mac. So if anyone's wondering what that is, that's me. I'm sorry. God damn it, Jake. God damn it, Jake. There's no way you can fix that, is there? What? Pull those out? No. What? Like preventive maintenance. Like an event. Like there's no way you can hear me and not hear those. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, we'll just, we'll just motherfuck Jake. Motherfuck Jake, yeah. Yeah. Um, but Larry Hama, uh, who wrote all the G.I. Joe uh, cardbacks and the comics and everything, uh, wrote the, the cops uh, bios as well. So. Nice. He was a busy man. I guess so. I mean, you, gotta, you had to work to make money back then. You, you, just, you didn't get all those sweet royalties like you do nowadays. Or maybe yeah, I, I I absolutely love the cop series, and uh, they're just cool, definitely cool figures. That uh, I I don't know if they were even as popular. Like the cartoon was popular. Um, these didn't sell that well, obviously. That you can get it for like a dollar fifty at Toys R Us. Right. But more, I'm fine with that because that means I got them. So. More for Squeezer. Speaking of really cool toys that had a popular show but didn't sell well, my next pick is... Sheriff Terrell Bull was creeping up a scheme and his cowbully's gang was looking real mean. But Lou Montana's always ready for trouble and he stopped that sheriff with his quick draw double. Wild West Cowboys! Colorado roped him as a matter of course. Geronimo rode the iron horse. With cannon blazing, he showed him who's best. The good guys win. That's the cold of the Wild West Cowboys come with everything you see here. Figures an iron horse each sold separately. Uh, so I've talked about them on the show before, but if you didn't hear that, there was only on the right channel. Those Wild West Cowboys of Moo Mesa. I remember being infatuated with these when they came out. And, I, and there's something about them that I like so much, and it's because they're created by a guy who worked on Teenage Mutant Ninja, Mutant Ninja Turtles, Ryan Brown. Uh, he uh, created the comic book for Wild West Cowboys of Moo Mesa and um, obviously was picked up by ABC as a cartoon and Hasbro decided to make the cartoons. Now, cow stands for C.O.W. Code of the West, Squeezer. I don't know. If oh. You yes. Uh, they were led by Marshall Moo Montana. Now, these figures were fucking huge. You, you, we've talked about them. You remember them on the card, right? Mm-hmm. Big card, big figures, big old hunking figures. Uh, 1991, they came out, and there was 10 figures total on one vehicle, Iron Horse. Uh, Marshall Moo Montana was the heaviest, um, while the character Boot Hill Buzzard was the rarest. He was the chase card. There was only, like, one per case. Um, Of the three main heroes, Dakota Dude was the rarest of those. 
1999, um, Toon Disney started rebroadcasting these. So this company, Kid Stuff, made three-inch tall versions of these little guys. They're pretty cool. Um, but they'll never like replace the original Hasbro ones, which I love so much. They were such a cool line. And um, I remember, again, I talk about Lanco all the time, but we'd go in and I'd look at these and I just, I just love these so much. They're so like, like they only twisted at the waist and their arms moved, mm-hmm. but they were, they were like big and, and they were so detailed and articulated. And they came with like six shooters and, and things you'd expect cowboys to come with. Uh, but um Real cool Hasbro toy line. Hasbro had some had some fun lines. I mean, obviously they bought Kenner and they're owned by Kenner, and they'll never be what what Kenner was to us because Kenner had some pretty big lines. But Wild West Cowboys had the kids shave set. <laughs> <laughs> um, they had uh, the shampoo. There was a lunchbox. There was a lunchbox. There was sh- kids shampoos. There was like a toothbrush like grooming set. Like they had all they had the Farley's fruit snacks. Remember Farley's Ninja Turtles and Michael Jordan's fruit snacks? Oh, yeah. Uh, they had, uh, like, the coloring books and, like, you know, there was, uh, they, they they had a line. They had a, a pretty decent run. And um, I don't know. I always loved these. I didn't, I, I had, like, one. And I, this, is, this is, like, a line I would love to eventually, like, just, just like the Congo line that I mm-hmm. own the entire... Um, I'm looking at seeing if I there's if I could look right now and buy the entire line on eBay. <laughs> Some you guys can hear me. Uh, so this is like a, a line I would love to buy and own all of them and just like display them like in a box packed up in, in the corner of my basement in your office. Oh yeah, I could put them. Um, in my office at work, that'd really piss them. Yeah people off uh, i'll make you a little like dioramas no but make, i like a little wild west set i want the mint and card squeeze no buy two then okay two like the unpacked yeah. i want to be able to play with them yeah these are shit to find mint on card they're really like there's a a geronimo he's for thirty dollars geronimo i'm sorry geronimo thank you and there's a uh, colonel cudster <laughs> For twenty five. Oh, that makes me smile. Colonel Cutster. Yeah. Get it? Yeah, chewing cud. Uh, but uh, most of them are out of the box squeeze. So I don't know if I'm gonna get a full mint. I gotta t- check with. You don't them. need them full, man. Get them loose, and we'll we'll build a little old west town. <laughs> you don't do anything at your desk. Yeah, well, maybe I'll, I'll look at it. They're pretty expensive loose. They're like thirty, forty dollars loose too. What? Yeah. 20. Oh, here's one. Uh, Saddle sore. He's a crab. He's $10 plus four to shipping. I'm going to keep an eye out for these next time I start digging around underneath tables in the 50 cent bins. Right. You put them on eBay and make a little money off them. Um, but yes, we will build that. I'll keep you guys updated. Maybe we'll check out with our friend Zombie Sailor Toy, see if he has a, a, a line on any of these guys. Uh, but yeah, that, that's it. That was, um, Hasbro. What'd you think, Squeezer? What was your favorite? Oh, for me, it was, it was going back and going into inch by inch detail over the Tomahawk and just looking at 
pictures of G.I. Joe helicopters from 30 years ago. I picture you as like a kid, like opening up the tomahawk for repairs and opening up like the, the, the engine portals and pretending like you were uh, like, like in the shop working on it, getting it oh, ready, getting ready to fly again. Oh uh, yeah. And I, picture- yeah, you can't, it, it, you can't let it without servicing it. Oh, I mean, you're, you're entrusting that with the lives of your military personnel. Yeah, no, I know. I mean, I'm not, I'm not trying to sound crazy or anything, but yeah. Uh, but yeah, this was, I think my favorite out of all of them looking up, um, was probably my little pony. Like that's a, like the fact that it's still probably as popular as, or almost as popular as Transformers is nowadays, mm-hmm. as far as Hasbro lines go, that that's still pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. And for me, it's like you bring it up and that smell just comes right back to you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, uh, you know, it's it was really popular for a lot of kids, and now it's it's still things that like you could like share that were yeah. you know popular when you were a kid with your kids. Probably, I could just imagine Squeezer as you having a kid. That that's got to be something cool. She's got a Mr. Potato Head. It's not going to be long till she's going to be playing with My Little Ponies, and you're going to have to watch out for Bronies trying to hang out with her. Uh, Although they're oh, probably man, har- just... they're probably harmless as far as, or maybe not now. Yeah, I don't like know. Chemical wise, <laughs> that's a good question. Um, you know, equine therapy is a thing. Maybe we we're onto something about you know getting just, your own like G one My Little Pony and just yeah pulling you it out you whenever need you need a real horse whenever you need to relax. Yeah, you need a little one. Yeah. All right. Well, um, that's it. What are we talking about next week, Squeeze? Uh, I gotta look. No, you don't have the list right in front of you because I do, and I was expecting you to have it. Sent to. Here we go. Uh, who gets it first? Oh, I got it. Favorite animated movies. We're talking because Incredibles is coming out. Oh, okay. We're talking our favorite animated movies from the past. So, gear up, get your tissues because it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a tear fest. We're talking Don Bluth. I'm, I'm sure. Oh yeah. All right, well, this was fun, and we'll talk to you next week on the Round Years Podcast. I'm RK. I'm Squeezer. Have a good one.